0: Welcome to Courage to Create, a podcast for those choosing to live and lead from heart, soul, and desire. I'm your host, Claudia Whitney, a certified hypnotherapist and life and business coach for women. And I'm obsessed with supporting you on your path to living a more abundant, expanded life of purpose. I believe we were born to go big, and each week you'll hear inspiring interviews from passionate souls that dare to create their bold stories. And it's my hope that after hearing stories of truth, courage, and desire, you'll feel called to rewrite a part of your story that may be holding you back from living a life of your wildest dreams. I'm back with another episode with someone that used to be my yoga student back in like 2006. Her name's Amani, and it's crazy because we crossed paths again during the beginning of the pandemic when she started working with some of my friends and then eventually started working with me, and now we're in a feminine leadership program together. It's so cool to see how many forms our relationship has taken and I'm so glad we've reconnected after all these years. It's so fun. You'll hear more about that story in a moment when we get to the interview where we talk about all kinds of things from how her dating life did a 180 and what she learned and put into practice to have a thriving relationship today, and she shares her passion of empowering women with their finances, which is a very important topic. We talk about Self care and entrepreneurship, and she also shares what it's like to work with me as her business coach. (laughs) Amani is a great example of someone who is coachable, and being coachable just means you're someone who doesn't shy or shrink away from change or doing what's necessary to create the shifts you want in life. It means you understand that it might be uncomfortable and you're willing to put in the effort because you're committed to your transformation. You might be thinking, Well, if someone is going to pay money for coaching, wouldn't they take the necessary action? And the answer is not always. Just because you have a coach doesn't mean it's easy. It means you have accountability, support, you have someone that's backing you, and also someone that's shining a light on the places you're not willing to look at on your own. So being coachable means confronting uncomfortable truths, facing patterns that aren't helping you but actually hurting you, and shifting them so that you can take the steps you need towards your desired outcome. So that's a bit about coaching, in case you're wondering. I mean, I had no idea what coaching was about until I became a coach, and now I don't think I'd ever be without one. If you want to learn more about working with me, just book a discovery call. That's where we get to know each other, and we find out if what I do can help you in your life or your business. And I also have two spots left in the Woman Unleashed retreat happening in just a little over two weeks. Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. I'm so excited. We're meeting in Joshua Tree and spending four days and three nights with incredible women ready for a heart opening and connected experience in a magical place. And I'm telling you, it's the perfect formula for the shifts you want to make in your life. So send me a DM on Instagram at with.com. Claudia Whitney and just write retreat and I'll know exactly what you're talking about and I'll send you all the info. Okay, now it's time for the interview. Hello and welcome back to Courage to Create. I'm excited about this next interview because it's with someone that I've known for a really long time. I've known Amani Zaveri for, we've just figured out, 16 years and She's originally from India and born and raised in Hong Kong. And I actually met Amani in Hong Kong around, we figured it out before I hit record that it was about 2006 or seven where she was my yoga student at Pure Yoga and she took my classes at the Centrium. So for all you Pure Yogis out there from Hong Kong, you all remember that studio because it recently closed, so sad. And then we crossed paths again not long ago, and I'm going to share this part, and Amani, if I make any mistakes, you let me know, because we met a few months ago, or a couple months ago, and you were sharing that you listened to my interview series that I did, Live on Purpose, and Amani heard a couple of the interviews with the founders of Desire on Fire, and then Amani ended up signing up and working with them and doing their program, which I was a pod leader in, And so we met again that way. And I don't think I realized the connection until recently when you explained that to me. So then Amani became my client and she did my program, Courage to Create Your Business, where I supported her in creating her coaching business. And so, yeah, it's kind of fun to like go back and connect the dots and here we are now. And Amani was really excited when I put out this podcast and she, yeah, reached out to me, which I'm like, So in awe that you were like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, babe, let's go. This is amazing. I love that. I think that there was a time where I would be afraid to do things like that, you know? And I've done that recently where I've reached out to people and I've said, Hey, I want to be, I want to teach in your program or I want to be on your podcast. I'm sharing this because it takes so much courage to do that. So I just want to acknowledge you for like reaching out and putting your putting your hand up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I, you know, I, I want to give credit to you because I remember you sharing that story about you asking for the things that you wanted and, you know, being bold and being brave and also like not being attached to the outcome. And so, you know, then when I thought about your podcast, when you were like, Oh yeah, if you know anyone who might be a good fit, let me know. I was like, I want to be on it. And then <laughs> I asked you, so yeah, I really like you really lead by example. Um, so I just appreciate it. Cause I probably wouldn't have asked you otherwise. Yeah, that's amazing. And us sharing this story, someone's going to be listening and they're going to do the same
0: thing. It is really, I like that you said that leading by example, because it is like living it,
1: breathing it, being it. And that's, I think the biggest and best teacher for everyone. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, going back just really quickly to the story of like how we met, you know, I had met you in Hong Kong, but it was funny because we never spoke or anything when I was at the studio. And I think, you know, this in Hong Kong, like teachers and students have a very different dynamic compared to students and teachers in other places. But I remember you just like crossed my mind during the pandemic. I was like, I wonder like, you know, what Claudia is doing. Like I haven't like seen or spoke to her in years. So I really think it was like fate that we like reconnected like years later when I was just like going through so many transitions in my life. Like, yeah, like there was a reason you crossed my mind. And I just, I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, what I'm all about what I teach and really what this podcast is about is the the nudges, like the intuition and then the taking the steps. And that's exactly what you've done. And you've really, since I've known you this second time, this like you know second version of our relationship. Um, you have transformed so much in such a short time. Going back to like who 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 you are and what you do. You're a founder of a luxury boutique travel agency called Global South Travel, and you are also a coach and you help women. Uh, is it specifically women or is it
1: yeah specifically women? women?
0: Yeah, so you're really passionate about teaching women to become financially literate and learning how to invest. And she's also a big fan of making money work for her. So she's not trading time for her money, which is so badass. Love that. You've come a long way. You've done some programs. You've transformed a lot since I've known you this second round. And I do remember you. Like, I do remember you coming to my classes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> for those of you that like are like, what? why is Hong Kong so different? It's just, there's just so many people in your class, first of all. And we taught a lot of classes. So it was really like sometimes teaching 20 classes a week, three classes back to back. Sometimes I would have like a four four o'clock class, a five o'clock class and like a 6.30 class. So it was a lot of like, all right, guys, have a great day. And then on to the next class. So yeah, you're right. Like there wasn't a lot of time for like connecting with students before and after. So I wasn't like a total bitch or anything.
1: (laughs) Not at all, not at all, no. And also I think in you know, just culturally people see like the teacher in a very different way compared to here where teachers and students are, you know, friends as well. And there are multiple kind of roles or dynamics at play. Um, So yeah, no, Claudia, I mean, you were lovely and I loved your classes. I mean, I would literally come... To central like twice a day to like take your classes like sometimes in the morning and then I'd come back at night and I mean yeah I loved it I love hearing that that's so fun
0: well here we are and there's so many different directions that we could go right now so as I was like thinking about you and what we would talk about I'm like where do we um, even start because there's like you're a business owner a successful business owner you have this new career that you're embarking you know you've created so much change and and shifted so much in your life the last couple of years like in your day, Dating in your, in your um, relationships. And so like, what
1: feels like the most resonant or exciting thing that you would like to talk about right now? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to share a little bit about my dating journey. Cause I feel like that was really kind of the, the catalyst, I guess you could say for prompting a lot of other changes in my life um, and showing me just like the power of this work. So, you know, I actually was planning to leave New York in December, 2020. Yeah. So I had like planned to leave New York, I'd quit my job, I'd sold my furniture, um, and it was actually after doing some of, this, um, some of this work, some of this personal development work, that I started to look at men very differently. And before that, you know, I'd had nine years of dating in New York, I was very bitter about men, I thought all men were terrible, which is not true, <laughs> but... Yeah. And so actually after one specific program, it it was the Desire on Fire Immersion. um, You know, I was like, oh, maybe I should like stop being so bitter about men and think about them differently. And so I went online and I met my now partner and we've been dating for a year and a half, but like through just even like shifting my perspective, like using tools, like I've just seen the power of this work and how like the outcome and the quality of my relationship now is so different because of that. And so really, like once I started, I was like, I have to keep doing this work because it's going to benefit me in all aspects of my life. And really my dating did a 180. And so that's when, you know, also like when I started my business, I was like, okay, I have to work with, you know, with Claudia and, and do the program because like, yeah, I could technically do everything on my own, but you're going to 10 X your business and collapse so much time by working with someone who's gone through the motions I, I want to interrupt for
0: just a moment because if anyone's listening, they're like, "What's Desire on Fire? What's this about?" I just want to say that Desire on Fire is a company started by Amy Batuski and Ellie Montgomery, and they help women connect more to their intimacy and their sex and desire and um, and so much more. Their confidence and they're good friends of mine, and I've I've also worked with them, and it was also the access point for me into really growing and thriving in my business. So it's. Really- really interesting to hear you say like you worked on your dating and that it sparked you creating your own business or Same with me. Like I started to work on intimacy and sex and next thing you know, like my business is booming, (laughs) you know? So I just love this. Like, Uh um, I love this connection and, you know, and just that, that opened also the door for you to say, Hey, like working with a coach is actually really helpful. And like you said, I can collapse time by working with someone that's made the mistakes that's done it before me.
1: So it's just, it's really beautiful. Yeah, no. And I think, I think that's really the thing, like doing the one program and showing me how time could be collapsed. Like I had nine years of the same patterns, the same behaviors, the same beliefs. And then after just a few months of doing this work, like how radically different my life looked because of it. I've just seen that same pattern over and over again, every time I've signed up to work with a coach. And so I think like, you know, at first the money, and we can talk about this more, like the money block was there of like, oh my God, I can't like spend all this money. And like, what if they don't get me with the results? But like, I've seen time and time, like prove it over and over again that it does work. And so, yeah, I just feel like it's, it's so valuable. Like I can't put a price on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you talked about tools, like learning the tools that helped you create the shifts that you wanted to create in, in dating and in men and relationships. So yeah. would you want to speak about like what some of those tools were, what kind of mindset you had to have to be on that journey?
1: I mean, there's so many tools. It's like, like, where do I even begin? Um, I mean, a big one is learning to listen to your body. I was very cut off from my body. I really lived from my head. And, you know, I think just like learning to like connect to your breath and um, really try to um, tap into your intuition, right. Which, which takes time and really just learn how to flex that muscle was really important for me. And then even just um, being very aware of my, Of my limiting beliefs. And I know, you know, you've done a bunch of work on this and even imposter syndrome, like how so much of our external reality is first created internally. And so it's like, we first need to shift our internal reality to then change our external reality. I didn't really understand like how powerful my thoughts were until I got into this work. And also I I learned to make the distinction of like, you are not your thoughts. Once I started doing this work. Because you know, if I felt like, oh, I couldn't do that, I'm not smart enough, or you know, X, Y, and Z, fill in the blank. But um, I really learned that I had to separate my thoughts from my actual potential.
0: We do a lot of mindset work like this in Curse to Create Your Business, the business program that you did with me. And I think it's so, you're right, important, like thoughts become things, like hands down, like everything that we're experiencing and looking at. If you look around your room night right now, it's like all of this started with a thought, whether it was our thought or the person that built the the wall, their thought, you know, it's like thoughts become things. And once we can master that, it will dramatically, drastically change our outer world 100%.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. That was a really powerful lesson for me. And it just, it created like a ripple effect for so many things.
0: Exactly. Like you were saying, you were practicing this in a container where you were focused on intimacy, desire, sex relationships. And then you took those same tools. Like when you were explaining what you learned there, it's like, it's exactly what I teach in my programs, whether it be more geared towards life or business, you can take these practices and apply them to any um, area of your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It's all very transferable and it's all interconnected, right? Like I think of what you just said of like, yeah, once you started working on your pleasure and intimacy, like your business boomed. And I really think it's like when you work on all aspects of yourself, like everything else does improve.
0: Yeah. And sometimes people will come to me and say like, well, everything's going really well, except for like, just this one little piece of my life. I think of it like, a. you probably heard me say this, but I think of it like a swimming pool. It's like, if you pee in the pool, right? It's like, you might just pee over in the kid's uh, kiddie pool or the three foot, you know, but it doesn't mean you're not peeing in the whole pool. And I think of that in my life when I'm like, oh, everything's great except my health. But it's like, if I feel like shit and I don't have energy, how can I enjoy my business or my clients or my family? Or if I'm having, you know, some disconnect with my husband, you know that's going to affect me and my business or my um other relationships, right? So it's all connected.
1: Yeah. I haven't heard that. I love that. <laughs> I may borrow that.
0: <laughs> it's so true. You know, because I think we want to ignore the the harder thing sometimes and you know, I, my mind goes to like social media, right? We want to show the highlights and we want to talk about what's going well and what's what's working, but we have a hard time sharing when it's not working or when things get messy. Um, and I know that a lot of the work you've done, a lot of the work we continue to do, because we're actually, I didn't, I didn't mention this, but we're in a program now together.
1: <laughs> ah.
0: And a lot of it is like focused on like the mess and how that's, something to really embrace and yeah what's your
1: take on that yeah gosh being messy is a journey I think for someone like me I've had to do a lot of unlearning around the value of mess and being messy with people and you know the first thing that comes to mind for me is like the vulnerability right it's like I didn't want to be messy because I ultimately I really didn't want to be vulnerable I think when you're more messy, people can see you and feel you and they will feel more connected to you, you know, and I I saw that in all aspects of my life, not just with my partner, but with my friends, even with my parents, like when I shared things with them that I never shared before, our relationship really went to like a deeper level. And so I think like, while again, it's like a really hard thing to practice and, you know, to be messy because we all want to be perfect. And, you know, I think at least for me, like I, I always wanted to come off as like, I had my shit together. Like I never broke down or I never felt certain emotions. And I actually learned that once I had approval for all of those parts, um, other people actually really loved it too. And it like gave them approval to also do the same. So it was, it was really beautiful actually seeing the reward in being messy.
0: Do you think that's one of the things that contribute to to you having such a successful relationship now? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes.
1: (laughs) There have been a lot of snotty tissue moments, far more than I ever could have imagined.
0: (laughs) Snotty tissue moments. I love
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful.
0: And then you mentioned your family too, that you've been able to be more vulnerable with them and, and it's created... I'm guessing more intimacy with them.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, just like, again, from like in, you know, South Asian background growing up in Hong Kong. Yeah. People aren't like, I don't want to make blanket statements, but people communicate differently there and sometimes aren't as, um, i guess direct about their emotions and so i you know from i mean for my family at least like people a lot of people didn't talk about the uncomfortable things they didn't talk about anything that was super emotionally charged so i really started to break down those barriers especially with my with my parents and they've actually been really receptive to it which has been which has been really beautiful for me to see but yeah it definitely again it took so much on learning and also just taking baby steps you know and and i think for me engaging them in the process of being like, hey, this is really uncomfortable for me to say or share, but I'm sharing it with you because it's valuable for both of us or so you can understand me better. And I think when they understood that, it actually really helped in them being more open to engaging similarly with me.
0: Because a lot of this work does come down to communication. Thinking about this communication piece, like how much courage it takes to communicate the truth and to communicate vulnerably. Totally. Also, I love what you're saying about the unlearning. There's also a courage that it takes to unlearn these things that you've grown up with, things that your parents believed and have sent, passed on to you. It's like can feel very scary when you're changing like that, when you're changing your your beliefs and what's true for you, and starting to kind of unravel the programming yeah yeah just that
1: wobble you know yeah for sure and you know I think in general even if our behaviors aren't serving us it's always more comfortable to stay in in a zone where it's familiar it's like you have to be willing to be out of your comfort zone over and over and over again and eventually it becomes easier you know at the beginning it's it's scary and it's tough and you know it's hard to embrace the beginner mindset for things like that sometimes You just
0: said like, you have to get out of your comfort zone over and over and over again. And it, it, that's such a great point. It's like, it, it never ends, (laughs) you know, it's like, it never ends. And like, what do you say to somebody that's like, hasn't, hasn't done the work or afraid of getting uncomfortable? Like, is there anything that you could say to help someone that's like listening? Like, yeah, I know what I want to do, but I'm so scared to get so scared to take that step. What would you say to that person?
1: I think the first thing is just start like take baby steps. You know, it's not about doing everything overnight. Like for me, I've had to work up to so many different you know, practices and ideas and concepts. Like I didn't just embrace them all overnight. And then the other thing I would say is like, think about your future self and what kind of experiences and relationships you would have if you did embrace those things, you know? Cause for me, it was like, I knew I had to change, but I didn't really, it's like, I had to reach my breaking point to then make the changes to like get to the other side. So I think it's like remembering like your why for why you're choosing to embrace these changes of like the reward on the other side
0: right and it's like even though you know that it's the right next step it's still feels uncomfortable but we want like the the pain of not doing it to be bigger than the pain of getting uncomfortable and taking that risk
1: yeah for sure and i guess the other thing i'll say is just um you know there are so many people on this journey like i think sometimes when we're thinking about on our heads it can feel very lonely and scary but there's so many people who are in this work and i think when you do it in community and you connect with other people who are going through um it as well it's such a huge support system You know, and that also helps you feel more empowered to make those changes when you know other people are going through similar experiences.
0: And I think that's the beauty of group coaching programs. I love group programs for this. I mean, I know that when you're in Pleasure and Mastery with Desire and Fire, you had many women to lean on and support you, In my program Courage to Create your business, you know, it was really sweet to see all of you come together, supporting each other, showing up to each other's masterclasses, signing up for each other's opt-ins. Like to have that support is so I think crucial because we there are times when we want to give up. Totally, yeah. And to have like your sisters there backing you, I think that there's this just beautiful thing that happens with each other, where everyone's sort of supporting or getting supported, and it just always works out so well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, like I think about like back to your group program, like I've stayed in touch with a lot of the people in that program and we actually still, I don't know if I told you this, we still have our own create dates. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a recurring one like every week and, and we meet and we exchange ideas and we give each other feedback. And it's like just so nice that like in, yeah, like knowing like you're not going through it Alone, you know, and it's just so easy to get in your bubble, especially when you're starting your own business. And having that support is so important and has been such a big part of like, I think, why I've been able to be so consistent with making progress is is the support of the of the sisters that I have.
0: Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. And then for those of you listening, create dates are something we do in my programs where we just meet, we get on Zoom. And we create and we brainstorm, we get feedback, and we support each other. But then, then we do we do a lot of work on those calls as well. So I love hearing that you guys are still meeting. Yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. I would love to hear about your your new business, like getting into coaching and what that's been like for you.
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually was really inspired to start my coaching business when, you know, when I started doing some of these programs in my first year. Or so Courage to create your business, um, uh, pleasure mastery with desire on fire, and it was really because I saw the shifts that were created in my life, and I was like, I have to share these tools with other women. Um, so that's really what like prompted me to start it. It, you know, it definitely hasn't been an easy journey, and I always joke that like entrepreneurship is like one of the biggest personal development programs out there. <laughs> I agree. I say that too. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and it's like you know, I, I kind of knew that in theory. And then when I was going through it, there were moments where I was like, fuck, this is really hard, but it's been, it's been really good just in you know, showing me like what I need to work on, my blind spots, my strengths, everything. And yeah, I mean, in terms of my coaching itself, you know, one thing that I'm really passionate about is financial literacy for women. So just teaching women um, more about finances, because I think there are just so many myths about like women not being good with money and it's such a boys club. And I'm really looking to change that narrative and help women feel more empowered about how to manage their money and also how to create more income for themselves. Because I really just, for me, at least I believe like life is short and We don't want to spend all of it working as much as I love my work. And so if there's a way to make money work for you and, and create more time and energy and space for the things that really matter in your life, like everyone should have that. And it's really not rocket science, but again, it's like so much of it is about changing the the narrative and debunking a lot of the myths that are out there.
0: And I think this is such an important topic for women and going back to like the beliefs conversation Mm. we're just having. Like, I remember showing up to your workshop about financial literacy, which was amazing. Amani's very knowledgeable. So reach out to her if you want to like learn more about this stuff. I'm sure she'll be doing other workshops and talk later about the things that she has coming up. And I just remember, you know, I've done a lot of work around money, money mindset. I feel like I've grown so much. I feel like a different person, honestly, when it comes to money. And, and a lot of it was like, again, going back to programming and just mm-hmm. what, what I grew up with. And I think it's an important conversation. And I think it's also a scary topic. I think it's a topic that a lot of women shy away from, or, you know, are afraid to like, look at their bank account. Like I know so many people that they never look at their bank account or they get cash and they just stuff it in a drawer and don't look at it. Right. There's like all mm-hmm. these, all these things. And, you know, something that I've been doing the last year is just looking at my account every day. <laughs> Which was like really huge for me. What would be like a practice or just something like an entry point for somebody that's kind of like learning about this or wanting to become, you know, more knowledgeable around
1: this? What would, where would you say to start? Mm, that's such a good question. I do think looking at your account every day is an important practice, and that's something I do. And you know, the other thing I would say is just like you know, I'm I, I'll I'll speak about investing specifically, but like. Just starting to get curious with the world is really like my biggest piece of advice. Like you don't need to be super technical, but just like, okay, for example, like I have my iPhone, right? Like here, like who makes it? Apple, okay. Can I potentially buy Apple stock? Can I benefit from Apple sales going up and making money for myself, right? So it's really just like starting to get curious with the world in these these very small ways, I think is really important. And then again, just doing this like in community and sisterhood, I think is, is also going to make it a lot easier. I think also like digging into like your money mindset and like the stories you've told yourself about money. Um, Because for me, at least I feel like uncovering some of that for myself was really helpful into understanding why I was acting the way I was with money. Like I, I very much had a scarcity mindset. So then I never wanted to give, put money out, you know, especially for things where I was like, I don't know if the return on investment is going to be how I wanted to be, right? Whether that was for like a coaching program or a stock investment or whatever. And once I really like understood my mindset, then I was able to make a lot of shifts and and then taking action. That's such a good point. You know, I think about my mom would
0: when- like hide money. Like she'd have cash stashed at mm-hmm. different areas of the house. And it, and I feel like it was kind of her, like if something went down, she would just have like some kind of cushion. Mm-hmm. But I grew up with that, not even thinking about that. And then this year, I think I realized that story because I like had some cash in an envelope, in a purse that like I never use in a closet, in a box, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's something that I'm doing. And it wasn't even something that I was like conscious of really, like it was just happening. And it was definitely something that I learned. I think really understanding where some of our stories come from or where some of our behaviors come from. You know, it's like, I, I just think about all the stories growing up. We were just always so broke growing up. And so it was just always like a and no right away to getting things. And so I just remember being like, fuck that. Like when I'm making money, like I'm going to give myself everything. And I probably went too far that way at, at some point, you know, like just going like, like almost like I'm going to show them, you know, no one's going to tell me I can't spend money on myself. So it really is, I think, interesting to just see our behaviors, to see like what shows up and then why that's happening.
1: Yeah. And I also think it can be like a really interesting thing to look at and just see like, if that, if that same pattern with, in relation to money is present in other parts of your life. Cause I felt like I had scarcity in other aspects of my life. Like dating is a perfect example where, you know, you know, sometimes like you'll hear the phrase of like, all oh, the good men are gone or they're being taken. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to like find someone. Cause otherwise they're all going to be taken. And it's like, okay, that's not true at all, but it was that scarcity mindset, mm. you know? So I think it can be really insightful to just not just your money, but for other aspects of your life.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Like, you know, the, it goes back to like the saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything or how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I can also look, you know, kind of see where I'm a hoarder, like, you know, me stashing the cash is like, I can see where I, you know, hoard in other areas of my life. And that's such a great practice to like, yeah, look at that and go, okay, where else am I doing this? (laughs) It's definitely like not fun to like look at, but it's important. Yeah, for sure. Well, you've shared so much uh, gold with us. We've talked about business. We've talked about like coaching and being in programs and, and mindset. I'd love to just hear, because I also know that when you were in my program, you talked a lot about uh, self-care and that was really important to you. So I'd just love to hear just from you what you think are good practices, rituals, routines to, to have in life.
1: Yeah. So the question was self-care practices, right? Yeah, like self-care
0: practices, like ways to take care of yourself while you're doing this work, like while you're, because mm-hmm. we start to unravel, like our programming and looking at our beliefs and and we start basically... Unraveling who we are, so that we can become the person that we're truly meant to be, or we truly are. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are some practices that we can uh, do to just keep us grounded, to keep us in our bodies
1: and um, present? Yeah, that's such a good question. I I have a couple of practices, but one that I do really consistently is um, I journal. And you know, honestly, I was not a big fan of journaling for years, and then once I started to use journaling as a way to almost brain dump and move energy from my head to paper, that was actually really helpful for me. Cause I think sometimes we'll get caught up in the like, Oh, our handwriting has to look neat and it has to be coherent, but like journaling just to move the energy and thoughts was really cathartic for me at so many different points. Um, So I would say that is a great one. And, you know, for that, even like I sometimes do it for five minutes a day, I'll sometimes for 20 minutes a day. I think something with self care that's really important is, is doing your best, but knowing that it's gonna look different every day. And then um, the other thing that I do is I will actually read really inspiring material first thing in the morning to like help me like set my mindset up well for the day. You know, sometimes it's like you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but it's like, okay, what can I do to like really set the tone for my day? So like right now, for example, I'm rereading Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein, you know, and that just like really shifts my mindset for how I approach the rest of the day. And then one thing that I would say that's been really important for me is just creating more space. Like I really try not to have a very compressed day. You know, like I always think about like context switching. Like if I'm doing a class, let's say um from 4 to 6 p.m i'm going to make sure i don't have anything for maybe at least an hour or two after so that i can just really come down from what from whatever it is and ease into the next thing so i think just creating spaciousness is really important because so many so much of the time like your mind is like working subconsciously and like processing things subconsciously so if you just have more space and not have a crazy schedule i think that will go a really long way Yeah. You brought
0: up some really great practices. Like one thing that I love is the morning pages by Julia Cameron and her her book, The Artist's Way, where you just set a time. No, actually you write three pages. So it's like taking three pages, blank pages, and just filling them up with no matter what comes out, which I think is so therapeutic and can feel very scary for people if they're new to journaling. But I mean, you could literally write like, I don't have anything to write about. I fucking hate this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you could just, and then usually like the magical uh, nuggets, you know, sort of arise while you're in that process of just like brain dumping. So I do love the, The brain dump, yeah, and reading I think is so uh, important. I find that I will order books and don't pick them up, (laughs) you know. And so I've I've been doing a lot of audiobooks lately, just so that like I still am getting my my book fill. So yeah, I think that's really important. And then the spaciousness—that's something I've done in the last year—is just well, maybe even in the last six or eight months. I just go into my calendar and I just block off time every day before and after appointments. And I just make space in my calendar for going over or for rest or for just to have the space to be able to look at it and energetically. It just feels in my body like, oh, okay, like today's not a jam-packed day. Like I can breathe.
1: Yeah, I love that. The other thing I was going to say is that I also do, that's really helpful is I do yoga nidra, which is like a, a guided meditation. And that was really, that's been really helpful too, because I think sometimes at least for me, my old way of thinking was, oh, I'm tired. I need to sleep more. And I've realized that like sleep is very different from rest, you know, mentally and physically. And so I think nidra in that way has been really helpful just for helping me recharge on a on a mental level as well.
0: Yeah, and if you're not familiar with yoga nidra, it's a guided like relaxation, and so you could probably go on YouTube and find uh, nidras. You can, uh, yeah, I have some favorites that I do. My friend Jana Romer, she has a lot of astro nidras, so she combines like astrological teachings in her nidras, which is really great. So yeah, they're super. You you're kind of aware and not aware at the same time. Like you're like I don't think I fell asleep, but I went somewhere. So there's it's such a great reset
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And I actually have those as recurring calendar invites in my, um, yeah, in my calendar. And then it's like, whatever happens during the week, it's like, I have to work around it. Like, you know, my self-care is very integral. So I've made it, I've tried to automate a lot of it so that it doesn't get put on the back burner.
0: I love that you automate that <laughs> you <just put> it <laughs> in your calendar because I think it's really important. A lot of the times we think oh, I got to get to that yoga class or do that practice and we don't, but putting in the calendars is, is huge. Totally. Well, I also know you have this other business. And so I'm really curious, like, as I hear you saying that you take time for yourself and you create spaciousness and you have this business coaching business. And then you're also a founder of a luxury boutique travel agency. So, like, mm-hmm. what's that like to be having this business plus well, you basically have two businesses?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it, it was definitely a balancing act at the beginning. You know, now it's become a lot better. Yeah, I mean, travel, you know, the landscape looks very different right now compared to pre-COVID, but I think I have been able to create balance pretty well. And I think in large part because I've set really good boundaries with my clients and with, you know, hotel partners, like I'm just very clear about like, you know, what time is dedicated to travel work, what time is not. And that has really helped me be able to balance the two. And, and my clients are all, I mean, you know, they know my hours and, you know, I, I also said like, I did leave my old job to, to create more balance in my life. So I actually work less hours than I, you know, than I did at my previous job. And I mean, they're all, they're all fine with it. So,
0: well, boundaries is one of my favorite things to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And I know it's something that it's, you know, just because I know you and Mm. it's, it's an ongoing practice. What would you say? Because boundaries is really important. I mean, it's for me has been a game changer and it's something I constantly work on and try to improve. And so, if someone is like, oh my God, there's just no way I could never tell someone no, I can never go back on something, even if it doesn't feel aligned, like where would you tell someone to start with boundaries? Mm,
1: That's a great question. I would say, in general, when you're starting to create and also uphold boundaries, like start with smaller things. You know, I think of it as like, again, like working your way up to the bigger things. So, you know, for me, like a smaller boundary might be like, okay, I'm going to decline. I don't know, going to this work event that's at 8 p.m. because it's... Past your bedtime. Yeah, exactly. Past my bedtime. Um, (laughs) I'm like a 60-year-old in a 30-something-year-old's body. And And then, you know, there are other ones where like I you know, well, sometimes like, like I've had clients in the past who have been like, oh, can I have your cell phone number in case I need to call you on the weekends? And I'm like, no, you know, but, but it took me time to build up to that for sure. Um, So I would say start with the small things and then it will get easier. And again, it's a lot of it is going to be out of your comfort zone. But to me, I see it as like, if a client really isn't fine with it, then they're probably not the right client for me. You know? So I think again, like so much of that comes to like the non-attachment, you know, like when I first started implementing, um, like travel management fees for my time. I was so worried. I was going to lose all of my clients. Like I really thought I would lose all of them and no one had any objections. They were like, yeah, that makes sense. You should be compensated for your time. Great. You know, but it's like so often, like there are stories that we make up in our heads about like how the other person's going to react. And sometimes it's like, we just need to uphold our boundaries. And that again, will I think give people a lot of permission to do the same.
0: Mission to do the same. And also I, I respect people like when they have boundaries and they really mm-hmm. hold them and honor them. I'm, I'm always really in awe of that. When I started working with boundaries, it came down to this simple question of what's okay. And what's not okay. Mm. You know, it, cause in the beginning it's like, well, I don't even boundaries. I've never had boundaries. I didn't grow up with boundaries. Yeah. How do I even figure out what my boundary is and it's like really I think going back to like we've talked a little bit about being in your body but just really feeling like what's a yes what's a no what's okay what's not okay and sometimes it just starts with that because we're so not aware of our yeses and nos yeah
1: yeah I think that's so true and I also think as well, like for me, when I start to feel resentful about something, it's like, okay, when is there an opportunity to create a boundary Mm -hmm. that might be helpful, but, but listening to your body is also such a big part of it. And I think the body just has so much more wisdom than we give it credit in general. 100%
0: 100% and I think in all my programs it's such a important piece because it really does come down to our knowing our body's knowing our, our body's wisdom our body's language our intuition and I think it's such an important thing to get in tune with because because it's the truth <laughs> it's the truth yeah. of who we are and the truth of what we want the truth of what we want to create and again going back to courage it does it takes courage to listen because sometimes What we hear and feel is not what we've been told is what we should do or we've been doing something for so long. It's like, how would I even change, right? So I think there's like an
1: element of fear when it comes to listening. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's, I, I will say, I think, you know, initially it is scary and uncomfortable to embrace that. But I think the more you listen to your body and you tap into that, For me, at least decision-making has become so much easier and like my brain just doesn't feel as exhausted by like overthinking and trying to like make the perfect decision and make the pros and cons lists. Like your body is such an amazing guide, but it's like learning to let it be the guide.
0: Yeah that's such a great point. I'm so glad that you said that because it it's like a muscle. Everything that you practice grows stronger. So once you're listening to your intuition, to like your knowing and you start gaining evidence that it's, you know, works for you and that it's true. The more you practice that, it does get easier. The answers are just quicker. It's just like, yeah, that's a yes, that's a no. It's so clear in my body. Sometimes it might be difficult to communicate that, yeah. <laughs> you know. It just yeah. It goes back to that practice, all of the, everything that we've talked about, it's like the the mm-hmm. practices of spaciousness, the practices of listening, the practices of speaking vulnerably or being in our like everything is a practice
1: for sure, it is, and it's you know, and that is the beauty of all of this, right? Like it can be learned, can be developed. it's like it's like going to the gym, you know it's just but for other aspects of your life.
0: Yay. This has been such an inspiring conversation. I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm like, let's do this Amani. Let's like make
1: (laughs) it happen. Um, so the other thing I was going to say is that sometimes I think for me, at least I went from a place of having zero boundaries to then having like so many boundaries. Um, in some cases, I think you could even say over-boundaried and then it's like, I learned to find like the middle ground for myself. You know, cause I think it's easy when we're, for me, at least when I was at one end of the, of the pendulum, I kind of swung to the other side and then it was like, I found my middle.
0: Yes. <laughs> I know that very well too. Yeah. When you're learning something, it's like, I'm all in, we're doing this. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think flexibility is, yeah, important. I think important in all areas of life to like take on the learning, take on teachings, take on practices, but also being flexible. Yeah. Yeah. I feel called to talk about my program and talk about what you got out of it since we're yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> If anybody's <laughs> listening, I mean, this is such a great opportunity. It's sort of like a, a, a little testimonial here, but I'd love to just hear from you what you got out of working with me. It feels like I, I just want to also name that I'm. My armpits got a little sweaty, and it feels very vulnerable for me to ask that.
1: <laughs> and I'm having the courage to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you know what really drew me to you was 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 the fact that you lead by example. You really um, are an embodiment of that. You walk the walk and you talk the talk and you do the work, um, which was really inspiring to me. It's like you see growth as a constant thing. And I really like that because to me that reflected your growth mindset. Um, In terms of the program, I mean, I got so much out of it. I feel like, you know, going back to my point of like everything begins in the mind and then it's created externally. I feel like a lot of your work helped me like break down a lot of the limiting beliefs um, and mental blocks that I had to creating a business. So, you know, one big thing that I had was even being on social media or like or like saying that I was a coach, like declaring that on social media felt so hard. And I actually was able to to really break through that. And then even just um, in terms of the business and the hard skills, like, I mean, I I feel like you like blend like the masculine and the feminine so beautifully, you know, of just like having all the hard skills of like, just, you know, like Canva and Flowdesk and like all the back of house stuff. But then also like, how do you show up in a way that's like authentic and, um, you know, where you're really being true to yourself and you're tapping into your gifts and like, how are you blending that together? And I think that, um, was really powerful because a lot of programs have one or the other, they don't have both. And also I think because of the fact that you, I feel like in some ways you've had like nine lives, like you've pivoted so many times. I'm like, okay, this woman can do it. Like I trust her in telling me like how to create my business because you've done it so many times and with so much success, you know? And so to me, like, that's the best way to learn from someone who's done it.
0: I want, I want to receive that because actually it feels really good to hear that. I put my heart and soul into it. So to hear, um, a reflection like that doesn't mean so much. Like it actually makes me emotional because when you're doing something that's important, you just hope, you hope that it comes across and that it lands for people. And just to hear you say that makes me know that it really landed for you. And I just also want to acknowledge you for doing the work for like showing up and like everything that I taught, you were so open to it and you put everything into practice. And so it it takes, it it takes both. It takes like a good coach and a good program, but also takes showing up and doing the work. And that's what you did. So it was a good marriage.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, it was an amazing program. And yeah, I just got so much out of it because also, you know, again, it's like when we're left to our own devices, we think we'll get everything done, but When you're in a program, when you're being held by, you know, Claudia, you have the support of of a group. It just makes such a difference in terms of accountability and actually just getting the ball rolling. For me, it was like, I, I just wasn't even moving. And so the program was really like the perfect springboard to actually get things to happen and move. Like I led multiple workshops now. I signed up my first paid client, you know, so many things came and I don't think that would have happened on the same timeline had I done it on my own.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about what you do, like your coaching, because if anybody's listening, they're like, Amani's amazing. And I want to like work with her. Um, what kind of offerings do you have? Is there anything going on that you want to share? I mean, I'll put everything in the show notes and I'll definitely put like how to get in touch with you in the show notes, but please share what you're, what
1: you're up to and what you're sharing. Yeah. So, um, I have two main offerings right now. The first is, is learning how to be more financially literate and that is really just learning how to manage your money, how to change your money mindset and then learning to invest. And really my goal with, you know, with the investing piece is to give you the critical thinking skills so that you can do it on your own. Like I don't want anyone at the end of the day, obviously after learning, to be dependent on me. So that's really what I'm trying to create in this program, is to to make people feel empowered to be able to do that on their own by the end of the program. Um, The second thing I'm doing is more um, mindset and self-care based. So that is a three-month program, and it's working on your mindset, figuring out what your limiting beliefs are, um, maybe your blind spots, what's getting in the way of what you want, and learning how to change that and shift that. And then also, you know, with that Integrating self care practices because I think so much of our um, of our journey can be can be tough, and it's really important to just have the tools to really um, move ourselves through. And so I think again, when people think of self care, it's often a very like narrow view of like I mean, you journal or you bubble or you take a bubble bath or whatever. But there's just so many more tools that um, I've also learned over time and through this work. And so just giving people those tools and being empowered because I think again, like at the end of the day, like I really want you to feel empowered and have these tools that you can do on your own, um, so that you aren't reliant on me.
0: Yeah. It's tools for a lifetime, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Amani is amazing. If you haven't, if you can't, if you haven't been able to tell already, she's, she all, you also walk the talk or walk the walk and talk the talk and all the things that you said earlier. (laughs) Like you really are an an example and you're a leader. And so, yeah, if anybody's curious about like getting down and dirty with their finances or learning more about self-care, I highly recommend reaching out to Amani. Yeah, it's just been such a pleasure knowing you. It's been amazing interviewing you today and just thinking about our journey from like Hong Kong in 2006 to now and how much our lives have changed and how much we've grown. It's just, yeah, it feels so special. So thank you so much for being here today, for putting your hand up, for like saying that you wanted to do this I just ah I love you
1: yeah thank you so much for having me and it's been such an honor and privilege to know you and again I'm so glad that we crossed paths both in Hong Kong and then years later during the pandemic like I really feel like it was like it was fate like I really see it that way yeah Um, and yeah you have just you helped me so much with my business and I'm I'm just so excited
0: I'm excited for you. There's so much more to come.
1: (laughs) Yes, for sure
0: thank you so much for being here today if you feel like you're looking for extra support don't hesitate to reach out to me this is what I do I help women get unstuck and move into the next chapter of their life with so much courage so much confidence and clarity you can head to my website claudiawhitney.com or jump into my dms on instagram at with.claudiawhitney all right here's to taking those small steps and making huge shifts happen in your life. Be well and much love.